Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. If you enjoy mining for gold and silver out of God's holy word, you are going to love A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter. A Sheep Speaks combines great Bible truths you might not hear anywhere else with nuts and bolts testimonies of how these truths can be applied to your life. A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter starts now. Good morning. You know, we see that good news and bad news is in these last days, is ever before us. But God is greater than anyone can make, and you can make sure that he will help us and be by our side. Because with God, we are the majority. Many times the Lord used one man to make a difference, and he can use you to make a difference in your part of this world today. The title of our message today is, What Can I Do? And the subtitle is, I'm Only One Person. You know, we could ask the Lord, sometimes with all the things, the political, the spiritual, the evil, the demonic things going on around us, we can think to ourselves, what in the world can I do? I'm only one person. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the fact that uh, we do want to speak, first of all, about the fact that there is some bad news, but then we want to talk about the good news. And what God can do with one little person in this evil world would live in. <clears throat> and so we look at Second Timothy 3, verses 12 through 13. And it talks about the fact that, that things really are getting worse and worse. And, you know, Jesus promised us that these things would happen in the last days. And it says in Second Timothy 3, And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And then it says in verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we see just in the world around us right now, you know, we see some of the the series that Disney's coming out with, talking about little demons and the main character is the Antichrist. And then we see that, you know, there was an Irish teacher who was arrested because he wouldn't call a boy a girl. And we know the all, we all know the story about the baker who wouldn't bake a cake for someone that went against his you know personal biblical beliefs, and the list goes on and on. And so it says once again in Second Timothy three thirteen, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You know some of these people deceive you and me. Because they are deceived themselves. They really are sincere and they believe what they are, have been taught. And they believe what they they believe. You know, they think the things they think, they really and truly believe them. So they don't really know they're deceiving you. And then on the other hand, you've got people who know exactly what they're doing. And they know that they're deceiving people on purpose. But the the good news is, in Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. That when this kind of thing happens, it says that God raises up a standard. 
Isaiah 59, 19 reads like this. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Because it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So that's a promise. When you see something on the news or you see something happening around you, you can know in your heart that when the enemy comes in like a flood, your father, the all-powerful God of the universe, promises in his word that he will raise up a standard against this evil. And so we see in 1 John 4, 4, that he, it basically telling us that God is greater than our enemy. It says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I heard a pastor one time, and he said that, you know, most times when people first get saved, they learn John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He says, or some other, you know, quaint, you know, wonderful, of course, wonderful and true scriptures, but you don't go right into uh, John, First uh, John four four, where it says, "Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world." That's usually not the first scripture you use. But this pastor happened to say that when he first got saved, for some reason, that was the first scripture they taught him. And he said it wasn't too many days after that that he was walking in a dark alley in one of our big cities. And he said that he was accosted by several gang members that were about to rob him. And he knew that he was no match for these people. But he said because that was the first scripture he ever learned, and he had been gloriously born again, he shut his eyes and said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And he said when he opened his eyes, those guys were gone. And he knows uh, that that the Lord did that. He knew he had he was no match for these people. So God is is really and truly greater than He that is against you. He is our shield and our buckler, our very present help in time of trouble. We can call upon the Lord when we have no one else to call upon, and uh, we can see that He is greater than He that is in the world. You know, you and God are a majority. And we have three examples of this in the Bible. You know, in 1 Samuel 17, verses 45 through 46, that's where David defeated Goliath. You know, David was no match for Goliath in the natural. It said David was a youth. And David could not wear Saul's armor, if you know the story. He, he could not wear uh, the, the normal warfare attire of the day. And all he had, it said, was some smooth stones. With these stones, he had killed, um, you know, his enemies in the in the forest when he was being a shepherd and taking care of the sheep. And so he was no match for Goliath, who was nine feet tall, who had all this armor and an armor bearer standing in front of him with a shield. But, but God, amen. You can always say, but God. It says in 1 Samuel seventeen forty five. it says, Then said David to the Philistine, which is Goliath, of course, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou defiest. 
And, uh, you know, it's that Lord of hosts means Lord of armies. So David is saying, you are nine feet tall and you have an armor bearer and all this equipment, a sword and a spear and a shield. But I'm coming in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou defied. And then in verse 46, he says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So David is saying to Goliath, he's saying, I know I'm no match from you, for you, but, but God and I are a majority, and I'm going to take your head off and feed it to the birds. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And so, but he said the reason at the very end of that verse, he says, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. David didn't say, I'm going to do this so I can get the glory. And everybody's going to know what a great guy David is and how brave and strong he is. No, that's not the reason. He said, I'm going to do this so that the whole earth may know that there is a real God in Israel. And, you know, our next example is in Daniel. You know, the story of the Hebrew boys, Daniel three fifteen through 18. They were delivered by God's power. Once again, they were no match for those they were up against. But God stepped in and delivered his children and he will deliver you today if you're going through something and you have enemies that are very much stronger than you very much more powerful than you whether it's political power or you know whatever kind of power it is it doesn't matter because you and god are a majority but in daniel three fifteen, it starts out like this it says now if ye be ready that at the time that you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, harp, sackbuck, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you will not worship, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? So we see here what had happened was, uh, it had been reported that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had not been bowing like the king had commanded when the music played. And so now they've brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the king, and he's given them a second chance. He's saying, okay, uh, I know what I heard about you guys, but now I'm going to give you a second chance to keep yourself out of this burning, fiery furnace. So he told them if they would bow down when they heard the music and worship him, everything would be well. But if they would not bow down and worship him, that he would cast them into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And then he even mocks God. He says, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Do you have anyone at wanting you to bow down to their image? In other words, they want you to, uh, to say that the things that they're doing that are sinful and they want you to confirm that, that it's not sinful and that it's okay and that it's normal. Do you have someone like that in your life? Uh, is that happening on your, at your workplace, on your job? Well, you can rest assured that even though they may not be threatening you with a fiery furnace, 
They may be threatening you with loss of employment. They may be threatening you with having to go and be reprogrammed by some of their classes. Uh, You never know what any manner of things, but just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you can say to them, yeah, there's a God that's going to deliver me. And you know what? You're going to reap what you have sown. And so it says that how the way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, in verse 16, they said, they answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee. In other words, they're saying, we're not, we don't even have to think twice about this, Mr. Nebuchadnezzar, because um, in this matter, we don't even have to think twice about how we're going to answer you in this manner. They said, if it be so, if it's, if it's true what you're saying to us, that you're going to fi- throw us in the fire, God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. In other words, they're saying we believe in the Lord so much that we know he's going to deliver us. But even in the remote possibility that he didn't deliver us and we would actually have to be thrown in the fire, we are still not going to do what you say because we know our God is omnipotent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. And he's more powerful than you, O Nebuchadnezzar. And if God sees fit to deliver us, that's wonderful. And we believe he will. But if he doesn't, that means he has a better plan for us. And he's going to take us home right now. And we're going to be forever with the Lord in heaven. And so if you know the rest of the story, the king did throw them in the fire. And um, they came out not even smelling like smoke. The king, as a matter of fact, Nebuchadnezzar looked in the fire and he said, he asked one of his assistants, he said, did we throw in three men in the fire? And they said, yay, king, just three men. And he said, I see four men in the fire and one is likened to the son of God. So when you go in the fire, God goes in there with you. I know one time on my job, my boss would ask me to lie for her quite often it was a regular occurrence and I knew I couldn't lie because the Bible says all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire so I knew I couldn't lie no matter what happened so but because I was you know kind of in a a quandary of what to do and it was all happening kind of suddenly so when people would call and she wouldn't come to the phone I'd I'd just say she wasn't available at the time could I help them because she wasn't available because she wouldn't come to the phone And so I was trying to help everybody, you know, and and tiptoe around this situation without actually coming out and saying, no, she's a liar and she won't come to the phone. So anyway, after a few days and a few weeks of having to tiptoe around this situation, the Holy Spirit just graciously came in and he said, if you lose this job because you're standing up for my principles, he said, when you walk out of this company, I'll walk out with you. In other words, when you walk out of this company, your provision will walk out with you because this company's not your provision. Your heavenly father is your provision. So sure enough, I finally got up the nerve by the power and grace of God. The next time she told me to lie for her, I just got rid of that one phone call and I got up from my desk and I walked in her office and I shut the door and her eyes got big and she looked at me and I said, can I talk to you for a minute? 
So I sat down, and this is all not my power. This is all God's power. And I said, look, I'm a Christian, and uh, I serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to be able to lie for you. So if you have a problem with that, then maybe we should go and talk to your boss. And immediately she turned around and grabbed a devotional off of her desk and showed me and said, I'm a Christian too. And her jaw dropped. You know, she couldn't believe what was happening. So long story short, that didn't happen anymore. She didn't ask for me to lie for her anymore. But a few weeks later, uh, a situation came up where someone asked her to lie to their boss. And she came to me and she said, I know how you feel. I'm so sorry. She said, because now someone's asking me to lie for them and I can't do it either. And so you see, God works both ends. If God's telling you to confront somebody, he's already working in their heart. And he may make you be the person who has given them the ability to stand strong for the Lord. You never know what God is doing on the other end of the equation. So be bold and stand up for what what's right, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And they knew their father could deliver them. But they knew even if he didn't deliver them, he was going to take them straight to heaven, and they were going to be promoted to eternity in heaven. So, So you can trust the Lord. No matter what you're going through, no matter who's asking you to do something that's illegal or asking you to do something that is, um, you know, under the table or off color. Uh, I had been asking my position at that job many times to do things that were not legal, you know, that was that was forgery and different things like that. And I did not do them by the grace of God and his mercy that gave me the strength to stand up for what was right. And so in our next story. Of course, we all know the story of Daniel and the lion's den. And once again, it was jealousy that caused these people to turn Daniel in for praying. It's a long story, but they made a decree that you could pray to no one except the king for 30 days. And of course, Daniel continued to pray to his God three times a day in front of an open window, just like he always had, because he did not fear man. You know, the Bible says that the fear of man brings a snare. So we should never fear man. And if we do, we should pray and ask the Lord to give us the strength and the courage not to fear men. So that's what was happening at Dan- in Daniel and the lion's den. And so the king... uh Unfortunately, he was talked into making this decree uh, that they could pray to no one else but him for 30 days. So then when these men turned Daniel in for praying to his God, uh, the punishment that they had arrived at was they would be thrown in the lion's den. So it, it grieved the king's heart that he had done this thing, but he couldn't go against his own commandment. So they threw Daniel in the lion's den. And of course, if you know the story, you know that the lions did not touch Daniel. As a matter of fact, he fell asleep in the lion's den and God delivered him. It says, then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. So once they used that signet ring, the, the decree could not be changed. 
Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. In other words, the Lord didn't let him fall asleep that night. Then early in the morning, it says, Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. And so praise the God once again. You see in Daniel, in the Hebrew boys, in all of our examples today, David and Goliath, that God always keeps his promises and he always shows up. And even in my situation, my little testimony, once again, God was moving and working in miraculous ways. And he delivered me out of that situation as well. And in Luke fourteen twenty three, it talks about the fact that we need to compel them to come in. You know, what happens is when God delivers us from the lion's den or from Goliath or from a boss that wants us to lie or from any other situation, he wants us to be witnesses for him. And this comes down to the question we asked at the beginning of the show was, what can I do? I'm only one person. You feel so small in this big evil world. But God can use one person. He used Daniel, he used David, and he used the three Hebrew boys. He can use anyone. And we see in Luke fourteen twenty three it says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. So once the Lord has delivered you from your powerful enemies, he wants you to go out into the hedges and the highways and compel others who may be going through the same trouble you're going through or that the Lord delivered you out of. He wants you to compel them to come into his house so that his house might be filled. And so he wants us to use what we have. You know, we say, how can we make a difference? Well, he says, use what you have. The first thing you have is your testimony, what you have seen and heard. You know, a witness to a car wreck, it's just somebody that saw and heard the car wreck. You know, a witness to Jesus Christ is just somebody who has seen and heard the wonderful, beautiful, miraculous things that God can do. So now you're a witness, just like a witness to a car wreck. You're a witness to the power of God. And that's what one of the things you can do as just being one small person in a world of billions of people. The other thing you can do is show kindness to someone. You never know what blows someone has taken that day. So if you just show a tiny bit of kindness, the Lord can use that. I know one time uh, in my life, I, 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 when I was a child and going to school, I was always ready for a fight, but I wasn't ready, prepared for someone to be kind to me because I just wasn't. And one of my teachers was kind to me one day. It totally disarmed me and just made me weep, even though I tried to put on this 
strong front. Really, when someone was kind to me, it disarmed me. So you can use your testimony. You can use a kind word. Or any way you can help or encourage somebody. If you can help somebody carry their groceries in or if you can encourage them by giving them a a thumbs up and telling them that they did a good job at something. Also, the Lord can use us to send cards or text messages uh, or an offer to help them in some kind of a way. He also can use people who pass out tracts, pass out bookmarks, anything. What can I do? I'm only one person is the question we're talking about today. But, you you know, there's a story that someone told me, and it's called the starfish story. And it's about someone who was throwing starfish along the beach back into the water. And this is how it goes. It says, one day a man was walking along the beach when he noticed a boy hurriedly picking up and gently throwing things into the ocean. Approaching the boy, he asked, young man, what are you doing? The boy replied, I'm throwing starfish back into the ocean. The surf is up and the tide is going out. And if I don't throw them back in, they will die. The man laughed to himself and said, don't you realize there are miles and miles of beach and hundreds of starfish? You can't make any difference. After listening politely, the boy bent down, picked up another starfish and threw it into the surf. And then he smiled at the man and he said, I made a difference for that one. We can make a difference, even though the enemy doesn't want you to believe that. You can make a difference. And I encourage you, if you can uh, print out a copy of this starfish story and put it on your fridge or next to your mirror and let the Lord remind you to be a witness to even one person. And in closing, uh, you know, I would like to let you know that... um, we can also pray and put someone on our path, that the Lord will put someone on our path to speak to. You know, the Lord has a lot of people out there who need to know about the Lord. There's a song called People Need the Lord, and it just talks about how they walk around with a smile on their face, with, even though they have a broken heart. And people do need the Lord, and the Lord wants to use you. He wants to use your testimony. He wants to use your kind acts to others to touch people. You know, the Bible says we are his hand and hands and feet here on the earth. And he wants us to be uh, kind to people and help people, encourage people, and uh, send them stories and, and bookmarks and tracts and anything that we can do. And, you know, I always, as usual, always read a, a poem out of Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme. And our poem for today is going to be coming out of February the 1st. And that is going to be reading like this. It says in 1 John 4.4, our text for today, We are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Then the poem goes like this. Satan likes to make you think that he has more power than you, but I came by to tell you that just isn't true. If we are born again, living our life in Jesus, we have all power in heaven and earth, and it's that power that frees us. 
Once again, that's out of Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme. It's a book the Lord let me write a while back. And that book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I even have a few copies of it here at my house, so you could... uh, email me and you can find all my contact information at www.asheepspeaks.org that's www.asheepspeaks.org if you want to find my contact information to inquire about getting a book uh, like I said there it's also available at Amazon Barnes and Noble Zulon Press and it's also an ebook or you can buy a paperback copy But I would like to invite you right now, if you would, that you might like this program and follow me here on whatever platform you're listening on and share this if it's helped you at all. I would appreciate it if you would share this on your social media. And on our website, www.asheepspeaks.org, we have links to our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, where we have videos, singing videos, our contact information. And I am also available to sing or speak or minister in gospel storytelling at your church, your ladies' meeting, or any events you may be having at your church. I'm also here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I go live with my Bible teaching at 11 a.m. And I invite you to come back and visit me here often. Once again, every week, Uh, Every program, I quote a scripture out of Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme, and then read the little poem that goes with it. That's just a a book that the Lord let me start and create out of an email that just started. I was sending it to friends, and the Lord just laid it on my heart to make it into a book. And uh, I just thank his Holy Spirit for doing that for me. And once again, I invite you to go to www dot a sheep speaks dot org and like this program and follow me there and please share this on your page if it's ministered to you i appreciate you for stopping by and i ask you to stop about stop by again more often and i'll see you here on thursdays and tuesdays Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.